on today, and uh, you're a guest today. We are we are so happy to have you with us today, and uh, celebrating this this first service back inside the sanctuary. Amen. Would you stand? And if you have a Bible, you can turn or device. And now, if you don't, you can look at the screen again. I want to read one verse to you before you're seated. I, I just, I, I want and I trust that this isn't my flesh, that this is what God has given me to say. But I just want to make a, I want to, I, I just want to make a declaration here this morning as we make, as we have our first time together again in this sanctuary. I'll read one verse and then we'll we'll go from there. Psalms 122 and verse number 1. I got a feeling some of you could quote this verse. But I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. I, I don't know about you, but I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. I want to preach to you for a little bit this morning on this subject. There is a place. There is a place. God, I thank you for your hand that has guided us the last three months as we have faced these very unusual times. I thank you, God, that you have not been limited. You are not limited to a facility, to a building, to a location. Thank you that you, God, move throughout many different ways, many different circumstances. We thank you that you have touched and ministered to us, God, And we thank you for the opportunity you've given us today to once again gather together in this sanctuary, Lord, that you have blessed us with. I thank you for every individual, God, that is gathered today. Thank you for those that are watching this morning. I pray that you would continue to speak and touch and minister to us today. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. It's been celebrated for the last three months that the church has left the building. So I celebrate today that we're able to meet back in the building. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad. We'll get to why I was glad and why you ought to be glad in a few minutes, but I was glad. I want you to see something this morning. I want you to see something that God established from the very beginning of his congregation of people. Exodus chapter 29 and verse number 42. This shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, where I will meet you to speak there unto thee. And there I will meet with the children of Israel and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. And I will sanctify the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar. And I will sanctify also both Aaron and his sons to minister to me in the priest's office. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. I'm going to meet you at the tabernacle. I'm going to be at the tabernacle. From the beginning of the establishing of the congregation of Israel, God had a place. God had a place where they met. God had a place where they knew God would be. 
Now, I, I acknowledge quickly, and I will say it even more throughout this message, I am not saying that God is limited to a place. I am not saying God is confined to a place. But from the beginning of the children of Israel's journey in the wilderness, God had a place. God had a place where they knew if we go there, God will be there. Because there's sometimes I go some places that I know God fills all space, but I'm not always sure God is there. I'm not always sure that I can connect with God. But I know there is a place that if I can just get to that place, I may not have the strength on my own. I may be struggling on my own, but there is a place where I know God's going to show up. There is a place where we can meet God. There's a couple of different words that you can find from out throughout Scripture, starting in the book of Exodus. And just in case you don't know, Exodus is the second book of the Bible. And so starting... Essentially, from the beginning of the Bible, God established with his people a place. The first term that I find that is used is the term sanctuary. God had a sanctuary. Fifty-six times in Exodus through Deuteronomy will you find the word sanctuary. It is a sacred place. It is a sanctuary. It is a holy place. And I understand that Paul tells us in the New Testament, don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost? And I understand, in fact, I preached it, I think, if, I think I preached it on Pentecost Sunday a couple of weeks ago. God's ultimate goal was not to live in a facility, but was to live inside of us. But I've come to declare today on this first service back in this sanctuary that while you and I are the temple of the Holy Ghost and we are that dwelling place, God has had and desires to have a place. The word sanctuary, according to Brown, Driver, and Briggs, means it's used of the temple. It's used of the tabernacle. It's used of Ezekiel's temple. And it is used... Of Jehovah. God said, I want a sanctuary. I want a place where I dwell and you know that I dwell there. The next phrase, the next word, but it's actually a phrase that I find that relates to this is the term house of the Lord. 234 times. 234 times in scripture you will find the term house of the Lord. A place where you know God is there. And a place where you know we can meet God there. A place where you know that things are going to happen because God is going to do something in that place. The next term that I find is the term tabernacle. You will find this term 249 times in Exodus to Deuteronomy. 249 times in those five books do you find the word tabernacle. A meeting place. A place to come together where God is. A place to come together where you know the presence of God is going to be. 234 times. Or 49, sorry, house of the Lord, 234. Tabernacle, 249. The next term that I find is the word temple. A place to come together. A place to worship, a place for ministry, a place where people can have the confidence to know God is going to be. I don't know about you, but I know God lives where I live, my house. I know God's there. 
You may have never had this struggle, but I'm going to tell you, there have been some times where I have tried to touch God in my house. There have been some times where I was in need of something from the Lord and I found my place of prayer in my house, in my home. And there have been some times that as hard as I've tried, and maybe that was the problem, I was trying too hard. But as hard as I tried, I couldn't seem to get what I needed. I, I couldn't seem to make that connection that I needed to make. But I've watched time and time again in my 48 plus years where I've walked into a sanctuary. I've walked into a gathering place where the people of God were going to come together and meet. And when two or three people have gathered together in his name, what I couldn't seem to get on my own, what I couldn't seem to get by myself, I was able in just a moment to reach out and connect with something because I knew that there is a place. There's a place. So whether it's a sanctuary, whether it's the house of the Lord, whether it's the tabernacle, whether it's the temple, and then the last word that I personally can find, and I'm not the expert on all of this, I'm just giving you my, my, my personal study of this subject, the last term that I can find is the term synagogue. The word synagogue means an assembly, and according to Easton's Bible Dictionary, it is found only once in the authorized version. And that's Psalm 74, verse 8, where the margin of the revised version has places of assembly which is probably correct for while the origin of synagogues is unknown, the origin of synagogues is unknown, it may, it may, sorry, some of you get that, some of you don't, that's okay. It may well be supposed that buildings or tents for the accommodation of worshipers may have existed in the land from an early time and thus the system of synagogues would be gradually developed. Nelson's Bible Dictionary says the synagogue was a place where local groups of Jews in cities and villages anywhere could gather for the reading and explanation of the Jewish sacred scriptures and for prayer. There is a place. God established that there would be a place. The beauty of it is God did not put requirements on what the place had to be like. God did not uh, mandate the decor of the place. God did not mandate the size of the place. God did not mandate the layout of the place. But God said, I want some place where you know that you can gather together to, as people, but also know that I will meet you there. Oh, hallelujah. I got to remind myself, we're once again in new territory today. Even though we're back inside, it's back inside in a different way than we're used to. It's not, ultimately, it's not about the specifics, but it's about a place. I said it last Sunday morning. I think it was the last Sunday outside. I, I have personally had the, the experience of, of, of going into a small village in Africa and walking into a, into a concrete brick wall structure that all it has was it had was a tin roof and you could see the beams and you could see the roof and, 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 and the floor was just dirt and the, and the seats that were called pews, were nothing more than sometimes like a block, two blocks with a board sat on them. It, it, it didn't matter if it wasn't attractive. It, it didn't matter if it wasn't well decorated. It, it didn't matter if there was no air conditioning. It was a place and people understood if we can get to that place, God is going to show up. Again, he's not limited to that place, but that is a place where we know that if we come together as two or three people. God is going to be there. We celebrated last month 28 years of marriage. 
We started off just the two of us living in an apartment in my parents' house on Jordan Taylor Lane. That's where our marriage began. It was where we resided. It became home because we lived there. It became our place. It became the place that after a long day, I couldn't wait to get there. It became the place that when I was out of town, I wanted to get back home. And we went from there and, and, and moved to, uh, we moved to Colonial Manor Estates. That sounds awesome, doesn't it? That sounds pretty fancy. Colonial Manor Estates. Except it was a trailer park. It was a 14 by 70. To this day, to this day, there's places if you've ever traveled south, especially you can sometimes along the interstate, you'll see on the sides of the road, uh, these, these places where they, they build or, and or sell homes, modular homes. No, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm, I'm being serious. There was a day in which we'd see a double wide. We'd drive down the highway, and man, there was a, selling a double wide. A double wide was two 14 by 70s together. Didn't matter. It was our place. That's where Elizabeth was born. That's where our family at that point expanded. We went, went from there to 1212 Brunswick Court, a townhouse. That's where Esther and Timothy were born. You see, the place became the home. It wasn't, it didn't have to be a certain place. We just needed a place because when we got there, we were going to make that place a home. It was going to become home, but again, it became our place. The place of refuge, the, the place of rest, the place where I knew I could go. And that's the one place I don't have to worry about impressing anybody. I don't have to worry about putting on a front for anybody. I don't have to worry about trying to be something special. I can, I can go home and just be me. Several houses later, now where we live, the place has become the home. So again, my point is not that it has to be a certain place or a certain kind of place. But God's intent is for you and I to have a place that we can go to. To know that when we get to that place, anything is possible. I had a question. Can God heal your body at home? Can God heal your body down on the, out on the street somewhere? Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about it. But again, I'm just going to tell you, there's something about us that we draw off of the faith of one another. And we draw off of the support of one another. And when we know that there is a place, that if I can get to that place, and again, God has had a place. See, there, there's, there's this. There's, I, I don't, I know, I don't know what you expected this morning. I guess it doesn't matter. I'm just here doing what I feel to do. If we're not careful, we misdiagnose the problem. That first place that my wife and I lived, we we had some struggles there. She and I did. It wasn't the place; it was us. The next place we moved to, we had some struggles there. We had some marital challenge there. But it wasn't the place that was the issue. It was us. The house we live in right now, we've only been there two years. And we've had a few of those late night. We had one just, what, three weeks ago? Saturday night. She's telling me to be quiet. I don't, I don't know what y'all think about us, but we aren't speaking in tongues all night long on Saturday night. 
we laid down. I don't mean it already. I mean, we were already in it. We laid down. I watched the clock most of the night. She watched the clock most of the night. I think it was about 6 a.m. We weren't up praying. We were up talking. But you know what? We didn't say we need to leave this place. Problem wasn't the place. It was us. We needed some adjustment. The issue is not the place. The issue is if we get the wrong perspective and the wrong attitude. The issue is this, is that this is not, I will, I will declare, this is not intended to be the focal point of what we do. This is not intended to be the be all, end all. But this is the place where we know if I can get there, I can get something. If I can get there, God is going to do something. There's a place. There's a place. I was glad when they said unto me. I was glad when they said, let's go. I was glad. I know, I know, hopefully none of you here today, but I know some folks get the attitude about going to the house of the Lord that, you know what, I, I got to do this. I'm going because it's not because of the house. It's not because of God. The problem is, if I don't come to the house of the Lord expecting, I'm probably not going to get. If I don't come with an attitude that says, God's going to be there, and this could very well be my day. This could very well be my moment. This could be my opportunity. And so I'm coming looking. I'm coming expecting. But if you come and say, well, it's obligation, it's duty. It's kind of like your wife or your husband trying to get you to tell them you love them. And then you tell them and it's like, forget it. You're, you're only telling me that because you have to. Wait a minute, you wanted me to tell you. Now I'm telling you. If that's the approach I have to him, I, that's what I get back. But if my approach is, what does God have for me? What is God going to do? What is God going to say? What is God going to change? If that's my perspective, then my attitude can be, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Solomon, David started with this, this idea I'm, I'm living in this beautiful house as a king. I dwell in this amazing house and, and God, you dwell in a tent. You, you dwell in just an old tent, God. That's not right. That's not the way it should be. And so David, who had such a love and a passion for God, had a desire to build God a place to dwell. He actually communicated that to the prophet. And the prophet said, go ahead, do it. Sounds like a great idea. Make God a house. And then God says, go back. Tell David, you didn't speak for me. You spoke for yourself. He can't build me a house. Got too much blood on his hands. But I will let his son build me a house. And what's really amazing is even though David couldn't build the house, he provided all kinds of materials to build the house. And so Solomon follows the desire of his father to build God a house. And Solomon's temple is considered to be one of the greatest architectural works of all time. He didn't cut corners. He didn't, he didn't just throw something together. He, he, he approached it with the attitude of God deserves the best. And so he builds God this house 
And I want you to listen to his prayer of dedication. Second Chronicles chapter 6 and verse number 18. But will God in very deed dwell with men on the earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house which I have built. I want you to notice what he's saying. The heavens and the heaven of heavens cannot contain God. He is too big for even the universe to contain him. If that's the case, how in the world can this house which I have built contain him? It can't. No single place can contain the fullness of God. No single dwelling place can you squeeze all of God in. So Solomon understood this place that I have built is not about being the only place that you are. But it is about being a place that it's known that you are there. Have respect, therefore, to the prayer of thy servant and to his supplication. O Lord my God, to hearken unto the cry and the prayer which thy servant prayeth before thee, that thine eyes may be upon, may be open upon this house day and night, upon the place whereof thou hast said that Thou wouldest put thy name there to hearken unto the prayer which thy servant prayeth toward this place. Skipping down to verse number 40. Now, my God, let I beseech thee, thine eyes be open, and let thine ears be attent unto the prayer that is made in this place. Now therefore arise, O Lord God, into thy resting place. Thou and the ark of thy strength, let thy priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation. And let thy saints rejoice in goodness. O Lord God, turn not away the face of thine anointed. Remember the miracles of David, thy servant. God, let this be a place where you look. God, let this be a place that has your attention. God, let this be a place that when a prayer is prayed from this place that we know you're hearing. That if we struggle that you're hearing any, any place else, let us know that this is a place that has your attention. This is a place that's got your ear, God. Let this be that place. That was the cry of Solomon's heart. And watch what God's response is to that. In Second Chronicles 7 and verse number 15, verse number 14 is such a well-known passage for many, such a great passage that is used on prayer. He says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, I'm going to hear from heaven, I'm going to heal their land, I'm going to forgive their sins. And so verse 15, he says this, Now mine eyes shall be open, and my ears attent unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house, that my name may be there forever, and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. If the prayer that Solomon was praying was contrary to what God wanted, God should not have made the approval he did upon Solomon's prayer. But God responded and said, I've heard your prayer, Solomon, and I'm going to do what it is you've asked me to do. Can I preach to this congregation this morning and those of you that were not able to be here that are watching online I'm not necessarily here to preach to the world this morning. I've come to preach to this congregation that at this point in time for you and I, this is a place. And this is going to be a place where God's eyes and God's ears are turned toward. And in a few minutes when we dismiss and we leave this place, the church is leaving this place. Absolutely it is. 
I doubt most of you really pay attention to them anymore because they've been there for so long, but it's purposefully put on each of the exit on that wall. When you start down the stairs, you are now entering to the mission field because again, this is not the focus. This is not all what we do. This is not the only thing we do. This is not the, this is not the epitome of what we do, but I'm going to remind this congregation, this is a part of what we do. And it is a place where God has proven I'm going to show up. And if you'll meet me there, I'll meet you there. I'm not going to take time to read it, but go back and read some of Solomon's prayer. Solomon said, God, if somebody is someplace else, and they turn toward this house, and they pray. They may not even be in the house, but they're turning toward the house. Because they know you're in that house, then hear them, God. I'm not telling you when you pray to face 1535 Rich Highway. Not telling you to get your compass out at home and figure out which way is the hill. That's not the point. But the point is Solomon had such a confidence in that place that even if you're not at that place, but you turn toward that place and pray, God is going to hear from heaven. Because there is place. There is a place. I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, the book of Acts, I know. Well, they did meet in the temple. They did meet from house to house. And then, and, 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 and they didn't, the, the, the apostles, they didn't own a building. You're right. They didn't. Apple started in a garage. Google started in a garage. Harley Davidson started in a garage. Yankee Candle started in a garage. Anybody ever bought a Yankee Candle? How was the garage? Not the garage sale. How was the garage? How many of you bought your Yankee candle from a garage? Wait a minute. I don't know if it's still there. It may not be anymore because retail is changing. But for for a while over in uh, Harbor Center, there was a Yankee candle store. Not a garage, a Yankee candle store. Because in its infancy, it started in a garage. But it grew beyond the garage. The issue is not that the church owns buildings. The issue is that we do get inside of a building and everything becomes about the building. But let's don't misdiagnose the issue and get rid of what God says is a place where you can come together. Well, they can't do that in China. You're right. This isn't China. They can't have what we have in Africa. You're right, they can't. And there's also places all across this country. This church didn't start here in 1970. Anybody know where the, I think it's budget still, the budget rental car place is on West Street? You know where budget rental car is? Any of you Annapolitans been around long enough when that was Arthur Treacher's, Treacher, something like that? It was a restaurant. We met there. We got any warehouse folks up behind the old bowling, up behind the bowling alley in Severna Park, old warehouse where the air conditioning was three big garage doors in the back of that sanctuary. And when it got really hot, they just put the garage. You think that was, wasn't it? Any folks? Am I telling the truth? I got a few hands. That was, we didn't have AC. It was fans. And then if it got hot, big old, those big old industrial garage doors. Again, I'm not here telling you what kind of place. Not saying it's got to be us, but I'm telling you, God said, I want a place. 
if at all, if you're in China and you can't have a place, if you're a new church and you don't, that's not my point. Don't miss. I'm not, I'm preaching to us today. And we have a place. You know what this is? It's also like an embassy. You put an embassy in a foreign country. And in that space where that embassy is, that is considered sovereign territory of the nation it is an embassy of. That area is not under the authority of the government it is in. Oh, and we know what happens sometimes. The embassy gets attacked. But if I'm not mistaken, I think that can be considered an act of war. It may be in your country, but if if it is an established embassy, you have no right to go into it without permission. And if you are there in that country and your life is in danger, the goal is, I just got to get to the embassy. Sometimes we get out in some battles out there and we're going through some stuff in this world that we are in, but we are not of. But if I can just get to the embassy, I know when I get to the embassy, God is going to be there. I know when I get to the embassy, there's going to be peace. There's going to be healing. There's going to be refreshing. There's going to be renewing. I'm just going to tell you, I don't know, I'm sure there are those that probably don't agree with what I'm about to say, and, and that's okay, we can agree to disagree, but I am of the opinion we rarely, if ever, fight devils in this place. And if we did, it's because somebody brought them in. Because why, as a demonic spirit, Would you want to step foot where the power and the presence of God is manifested? Why? Why? I I don't think you would if you know. I, I, I got no chance there. I was glad when they said unto me. Can I just tell you? There's no... There's... I don't know of a place like this place in the surrounding area. Not even our houses. Because we allow stuff into our homes that's not allowed in this sanctuary. Some of you, I know it's Sunday morning and I'm supposed to be preaching to our guests and and, and all the, the new people in Christ. I know that, but ain't nothing normal right now, so... You won't make it all about your house and yet you watch stuff full of profanity in your house. You watch shows that demonstrate lifestyles and conduct that is completely contrary to this book. But I'm going to tell you right now, to my knowledge, and if it has, it's not because of my knowledge, this is a sacred place. I was thinking about this morning, the, the, the most carnal thing that I know of that happens in this sanctuary or that has happened in this sanctuary. The most unspiritual carnal thing that I know of is a Nerf war. The youth and their lock-ins because of the, we don't have a gym or family lot, whatever they, and, and I'm going to tell you, I'm not necessarily comfortable with that. But I give in a little bit. That's a, that's a great screen. And that's an awesome screen. I mean, it's not, may not be like your, what, 4K? Is that the new thing? Four, may not be like your 4K monitor at home. But I mean, hey, it's, it's not bad. I mean, that'd be pretty sweet for Super Bowl Sunday, wouldn't it? Big screen like that? Not here. Uh uh. Because this place is set apart for a sacred purpose. And so there's other places I go. We used to go to high schools on Sunday mornings and Sunday night. Antioch West uses, I'm, I'm not, this, don't, don't miss the message this morning. When you gotta do what you gotta do, you gotta do it. 
But when you can do what we can, you ought to. That'd be a good tweet. When you can have a place that you know is a place that we can set aside for one purpose. I remember, again, Antioch West continues to do it, or not right now, obviously, under the circumstances, but I remember we'd go into that high school on Sunday nights in Annapolis and feel like every single week we had to go in there and and, and establish an atmosphere in that auditorium because there was all kinds of other stuff that went on there every week, and so we had to come in and take territory again. We don't have to come in here every time we gather and take territory again because this is a place. This is a place that God has blessed you and I with to have the confidence that if I can just get there, God is going to be there. I know that sometimes you and I need to have our own wrestling matches with God like Jacob had. And there are some things that you can only get by yourself. But we're a part of a body. Because the beauty of the body is... When I come together, I may be going through a valley right now. I may be in the middle of my valley. But without fail, when I walk into this place, there are people that are on a mountaintop. And you're connected with God. And you're in the presence of God. And you're in the flow of the Spirit of God. And so as I get around you, you help pick me up. Psalm 73. I'm almost done. I've said this many times and I'll say it again today. If you are a believer and you are not familiar with Psalm 73, you owe it to yourself this afternoon to go home and read Psalm 73. Because to me, Psalm 73 is a description of something that every believer goes through. And really, in my experience and in this my observation of many others, not just a one-time experience. I know for me personally, there have been a number of times in my life where I've got to looking at what was going on in the world around me. I got to looking at the things I was dealing with and going through. And I started dealing with uncertainty. I started dealing with questions and doubts. And I started dealing with fears. And that's that's what the psalmist is basically talking about here. And then he says in verse number 16, when When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. When I got to looking at everything that was going on around me, me. When I got to looking at all the issues and the problems in the world around me, it was just too much for me. But listen to what he says in the next verse. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. When I got into the place where God was, when I got into the presence of God, all of my doubts, all of my fears, All of my instability began to wash away because I got into the sanctuary. No, no, no. I am not proposing to you this morning that that is strictly referring to a physical building. I don't think that. I don't believe in the context of what the psalmist said is that simply referring to a physical space. But I do believe that in principle it can apply to a physical space. And there can be the understanding that when I just can't seem to make it on my own, when I just can't seem to get through this by myself, there's a place. I got a question. Is there anybody here this morning that you've been through a time in your life When at some point you thought, and you may have even said, if I could just get to church, if I could just get to the sanctuary, if I could just get to that place, I know I'm going to get something. I know God is going to be there. Anybody ever been there? Not only is this place unlike any other place around it, because of the things I just said but 
you walk into a restaurant this afternoon, what are you going there to do? I know you can't stand, jump, run, but you can talk. What are you going there to do? When you pull up in the gas station to get gas in your car, what do you expect to get? going to say when you go to some restaurants what do you expect to get but that would be a little bit whatever so that was for the guys sorry ladies you, you, you go to a sporting goods store you're going there you you don't go to uh you, you, you don't go to models to buy a new drill you won't be going to models anymore soon You don't go to Home Depot to buy a new baseball glove. Because you go to certain places to get certain things, or you may even go to a department store that has a variety of things, but still, you understand what's there. But you know, this place, there's all kinds of things that may happen in this place. Oh, they may not happen every time we come together, but they may. Somebody may walk in here with cancer in their body and walk out completely healed. Somebody may walk in here with sugar diabetes and walk out completely healed. Somebody might walk in with back issues and walk out complete. Can God do all of those someplace else? Yes. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying, there's a good chance it can happen here. But let me tell you some other stuff. Somebody might walk in here bound by drug addiction and bound by alcohol addiction and bound by an addiction to pornography. And they may absolutely walk out of here completely free. Somebody may walk in here hopeless with no direction for their life. I'm not going to get too close. Don't worry. Somebody may walk in here hopeless and depressed and discouraged and don't know any hope for their life. And they make their way down here and get down on their knees and pour out a puddle of tears on this platform, on this altar. And in that moment, God reached down and say, I'm going to take where you are and I'm going to transform you into something else and you came without direction you came without hope but you're going to leave with hope that's just some of the things that can happen in this place they're dried up I don't see any spots from them but oh if, if we had some kind of special device and could see them, there's places all across this front where there were puddles of tears. I've seen it where people have literally soaked a spot with their tears. And in that moment, something of eternal value and significance was being done. And, and, and pretty much like Jacob who had his encounter with God. And when he got up from that encounter with God, he was changed forever. In this place, in this place, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen in this place where marriages were on the rocks. I've seen it happen in this place where couples had made up their mind they were going to divorce but they got in this place they got into the sanctuary and God started working God started moving and God started healing and God started putting some things back together and a home that was on the verge of falling apart is a home that is now healthy and whole going to say it again just to make sure you hear me. I'm not saying all of that can only happen in this place. But I am telling you this is a place where it happens. And it will happen Sunday morning. 
Sunday night, Thursday night, and whatever other nights we may get together. Because when we get in this place, there is something that is going to happen because God is in this place. I felt God the last couple of weeks out on that patio. I felt God the last couple of months in my living room. But I thank God that I know that there is a place that when I get there, I'm going to gather together with people of like precious faith. I realize, I got to tell you, my flesh doesn't like it, but there's a good chance that the future holds for us a time in which we can't do what we are doing here today. In this country, more than ever before, it seems likely that there is a chance that we may not have the opportunity to gather together in a place of worship. In this country, all you got to do is read the news and see the attitude and the climate of the world we're in. And it's not unlikely that there's a time coming where we can't do what we're doing. And I'm sorry, but to me, that's all the more reason to take advantage of every opportunity that we have to come together. I, I so appreciate what my wife said, and I agree with her 100%. You sit here and stand here today as proof to the fact that your relationship with God was not built on a building, that your walk with God was not about a church service, and I commend you for that as well. But let's not forget the fact that we do have the privilege and the opportunity while we can to come together to a place. Would you stand right where you are? Again, not going to give an altar call. Not gonna, but I just believe. I just believe that in this place right now, if you need deliverance from something, it's here. If you need healing in your body today, it's here. Oh, I forgot the most important thing that happens in this place. No, it's not physical healings. It's not really even the things that I've already mentioned as important as they are. But the most important thing that happens in this place is when somebody comes walking in under a load of sin under a weight of shame and guilt and condemnation, under the burden of the fact you've done things you can never undo, under the weight of the fact that you know you've made mistakes that have caused pain in your life and have caused pain in lives of others, but you can make your way to the altar and you don't even have to come to the altar to do it, but you can begin to tell God, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry, God, for the life I've lived. I'm sorry for the way I've lived outside of your word. And I'm asking you, God, to forgive me of my sins. And I'm willing to be baptized in your name. And you get that weight of sin lifted. And you get all of the stain of those sins washed away. And you receive the most precious gift there is. The gift of the Holy Ghost. How many of you received the Holy Ghost? Let's do a quick survey. How many of you, I'm not finished the question or all you're anxious that's good that's all right let me finish the question how many of you received the holy ghost at home bedroom living room or something look around there's there's how many of you about to receive the holy ghost in your car first time in your car look at that how many of you received the holy ghost the first time in a church service 80 plus percent 85 living room, houses, cars anybody besides church, house, car and home someplace else, anybody else someplace outside somewhere, wherever again it doesn't have to happen here it doesn't have to happen here but it sure is a whole lot easier here So whether it was 
a sanctuary, a tabernacle, a temple, a house of the Lord, a synagogue. God established a meeting place where you know if I can get there and get together with the people of God, God will be there. Won't you just close your eyes for a moment? If you're here this morning, guest or regular attendee, and you just you got some kind of a need today. You are in the place. Not the only place, but you are in a place where without a shadow of a doubt, you can get what you need. So if that's you, would you just lift a hand or lift both hands right where you are right now? We're getting ready to pray. And God, I believe, is going to reach down and touch some people in this place right now. I believe somebody's about to be healed. I believe somebody's about to be delivered. I believe somebody's about to get what you need right now in this place because God is in this place. Father, right now, it's not the building in and of itself, God. It's not the facility in and of itself. But God, because it is a place that has been set apart and dedicated for your purpose, for your service, I believe that in this place right now, there are miracles. In this place right now, there is deliverance. In this place right now, there is salvation. I loose that to be done right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ God somebody that may have walked into this place today with their steps almost slipping when they were about to stumble and fall I pray right now there would be a strengthening I pray there would be a renewing God I pray there would be a refreshing today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for a place, God, that we can go to. Thank you for a place that we have the opportunity to know that I can gather together with your body and be in your presence. And anything is possible. And as we have experienced the last couple of months, I want to thank you that it's not limited to this place. I'm I'm glad more than ever before, God, that it's not confined to one location. You have shown us, God, that you can meet us anywhere. You have shown us, God, that you can use multiple ways. But in the middle of all of that and in the thankfulness of all of that, I do want to say again that I'm thankful, God, that we have a place. We have a place we can gather and know that you're going to meet us there. In the name of Jesus. name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. you'll be seated for just another moment and turn your attention to the screen. We're going to have a little bit of reflection and celebration. Decisions to take the following unprecedented 
immediate actions in order to protect public health and safety. Following updated CDC guidelines, we are prohibiting any social, community, religious, recreational, sports gatherings, or events of more than 50 people in close proximity at all locations, establishments, and venues all across Maryland. I have just enacted an executive order families are well and staying safe not walking into a deep flow of prayer before service on a sunday night is pretty hard 30 plus years ago when i preached my first message i would have never dreamed of standing in a sanctuary preaching to just a few worship team members and media personnel but nobody else i i would have never have dreamed standing in my living room week after week talking to a camera
is a plate. Anybody thankful today for the hand of the Lord that's led us every step of the way? And I think we've got a new perspective that God is able, no matter what the circumstances may be, no matter what tomorrow holds, he's never lost and he never will lose. Could we just one more time give him thanks and praise for his goodness and his faithfulness to us? Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Once again, thank you for being here today. It is so wonderful having all of you and gathering together for this time of worship. The ushers are going to begin starting in the back, dismissing again row by row. And uh, those of you that volunteered to help us with the cleaning, if you'll just simply remain in your seat once your row is dismissed. And as soon as uh, we've everyone is exited, we will then uh, begin that process.